you for joining me at the Omar Talks. If you wish to catch up on my previous topics, please visit Apple Podcast at the Omar Talks, WordPress blog, theomartalks.org, and my Instagram page, at the Omar Talks. If you're joining me for the first time, please know that each time I refer to God, I mean Yahweh, as this is the name of that God asks that he be called. As I mentioned in my previous talks, my focus is on living life with God at the center of it all. I am not a theologian, but I learned about God's true real life experiences, and I know he is real. As you know, life experience is often not polite or embellished, so I will be frank with my audience, especially as I know it will be more beneficial. My initial talks are based on foundational truths, and when you understand this truth, you can apply the principles in every area of your life to deal with any challenges that you face. I do believe that the best treatments are those that target the source and not just the symptoms. There are many views about the Christian religion. Christians also have different reasons for what makes them Christian. So today, I've decided to focus my talk on the question, what makes a person Christian? When you ask a Christian what makes them Christian, they will say things like belief in God, faith, acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, qualities such as forgiveness, kindness, charitable works, love, being born again, fear of heaven and hell, prayer, dressing, spirituality, church going, healing and miracles, promise of wealth, success and life partner, to be a good person, protection from the devil. Some people would even tell you just to have good social standing. Most Christians will tell you they are either Christian by birth. This would usually mean that the person may either have grown up with or without nurturing Christian values at home. For example, the family may or may not attend church, pray together at home, or read the Bible. The books, films, and television programs in the home may or may not have been selected based on Christian values or morals. Some people are Christians by circumstance. For example, this could be true associations with a Christian friend or colleague or neighbor or purely true hardship and situations of helplessness. The church in such circumstances can be seen as a place of refuge. Irrespective of how a person became or becomes a Christian, your love for God will f form a foundation or pillar of your relationship with him. But is it the professed love for God that makes a person Christian? Or is there more to being a Christian?
That is what I want to find out. And that's what I want to talk with you today so you can find this out. I will not become academic or define Christianity as most theologians and other studies have, you know, lots of, there are loads and loads of definitions of Christianity. However, I can tell you what I have discovered over the years during conversations with Christians and non-Christians. I found out that these two groups associate physical social benefits from God as a tool for judging a person's belief and relationship with God. For example, Christians and non-Christians believe their leaders, I mean when I say leaders, I mean Christian leaders, must have a perfect sinless life and the families of these leaders must be perfect. Christians and non-Christians believe every church leader must heal ailments or sicknesses just like Jesus and the disciples did. Christians and non-Christians believe that any person who is a Christian should not worry about being cash or asset poor. They will receive their reward in heaven. Christians and non-Christians associate being a Christian with living a docile, non-competitive, lukewarm lifestyle. Dull, boring life. That's what they are saying. This is what Christianity means to majority of people. A lot of do's and don'ts. Invariably, when there are normal life changes in a leader's family or with a Christian family or friend or neighbor, the world and Christians pass judgment with statements such as, he or she is a bad Christian, or there is no God. Is it possible for any man to achieve a life that is sinless and challenges free? And some will say, that is why you're a Christian, so you should achieve it. What a calamitous misunderstanding of what it means to be a Christian. The Bible is God's manual, complete with how to fix things and what to do and what not to do in order to help us navigate life on earth. It does not matter whether you read or don't read the Bible because the Spirit of God, which lives inside every man, is there to bring our choices and make us aware of what is wrong. The Spirit will not choose for you. Some people call the Spirit conscience or your Noah. The Spirit of God is life. Thus, the rules of do's and don'ts that is in the Bible is for everybody, even if you're not a Christian. Likewise, God has placed economic and social gains across a variety of ways such as employment, housing, health, success, wealth, and marriage, all at the disposal of every man who is diligent enough to apply wisdom to knowledge. For example, 
a professor of economics or business management may not do well in real life business, although they have the academic knowledge. A church leader with an excellent knowledge of the Bible may not understand the principle relating to healing or business. The parable of the talent in the Bible is a good illustration of God's principles on how to be successful in life. And this teaching is for everyone. Just as the do's and don'ts is for everyone, irrespective of if you are a Christian or not. Equally, everyone is free to benefit from the resources as God is love and his love is for all. To disagree with this statement is to place God as an unfair God. But from the beginning of time, he placed us on a fair, equal playing ground. You may say, Uma, I was born poor and seriously disadvantaged. I understand this. And if it is of any encouragement, remember, there are many who are born poor, but came out really successful or wealthy. There are also people who are born rich, but lost it all, sometimes homeless. Most Christians and non-Christians who read me or who hear me will wonder their benefits of being a Christian if everyone is free to benefit from God. The benefit of being a Christian lies in what makes you Christian. People call you Christian because you have and you read the Bible. Although, sadly, most do not have a hard copy Bible at home anymore. The Bible is referred to as faith book. This faith book is given to man because we are like Thomas in the Bible who asked to see Jesus before he believes that he was resurrected. The Bible is God's testament as we cannot see him. However, having the book, reading and going to church is not what God is after. God is after your consent so he can take your spirit when you die. You can only grant him this consent by the declaration contained in John 3.16 where we are told of eternal life. It reads, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The belief 
And the word in John 3.16 makes you a believer when you do the declaration. And that makes you God, God's child. So the believers of John 3.16 are God's children. And Christians have the manual, that is the Bible, where this book is. Maybe as a Christian you have understood the power of this declaration. Or you're not yet a Christian and have never heard this. This declaration, did you or have you ever really given it a thought? Think of the statement as similar to the oaths taken by persons appointed to serve as a president or head of state. You may have been privileged to watch an inauguration before. By taking the oath of office, the appointee becomes bound and also they receive immunity by, from the state whilst in office. When you declare the statement in John 3.16, God gives you immunity and he accepts not your physical body, which is subject to this world, it will die, but your spirit, which will no longer be subject to the law, it will live. After you have made this declaration, a demarcation is placed between any person who has taken the oath and any who has not. This is where the difference and benefit lie. And that is what makes you Christ-like. Christ rose and ascended into heaven. At death, the spirit of the person who has made the declaration gets to heaven because there is no condemnation. And of course, the person who rejected it accepted not to choose heaven by choice. So it's not admitted. This is what makes God a fair God. You have the manual that God has given to us on earth and you have an advantage over any person without it. It is like being given the answer sheet before an examination. This Bible verse carries God's love and assurance of an eternal life after death for anyone who wishes to make the choice. Ask yourself, are the mediums really speaking to dead people, the astrologers and sorcerers? Do you believe all this and still choose to disbelieve that there is life after death? The evidence of God is all around you. Grant that consent to God. Quit playing politics with your life. If you do not have a Bible, please go online. Read and declare that passage. It is simple, easy, and no money involved. I thank you and love you with the love of God. 